0: Midtown. 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 Hey! Hi! Hello! Welcome back, Miss Fizz, and welcome back to a new episode. Today, we are continuing the Dynamic Duos series.
1: Dynamic Duos. These should be like superheroes. I feel like there should be a theme song or something. Um, because they're like superheroes, like, well, not all of them, right? But like, these two kind of give me that. I don't know. I feel like we should have a song behind this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I wanted to do like a jingle or something, yeah, or like yeah. some sort of superhero music. But I don't, I don't like right now. I don't even know what superhero music sounds like. I don't either. <laughs> like but I couldn't even all I think about is the the Power Rangers. <laughs> what's what's the music sound like? <laughs> do 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 do, go go Power Rangers. <laughs> you know, that's all I think of. Like, and it's all that do do do. We are 90s babies, then that's all you get.
1: Yeah. Don't out us. I'm just kidding. Yep. Now you know. Now you know. Yeah. But, you know, you say dynamic duos. You just want like, you know?
0: Yes, definitely. That's what I should put in after yeah. I was like, oh, we're continuing the dynamic duo series. <laughs> there you go. We just need some sounds in the back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can find <laughs> up on the web. <laughs> but yeah, we are continuing the dynamic duo series. And um, if you haven't listened to the series before, we talk about duos in the Bible that did great things together and some not so great stuff together. Last week we talked about Ananias and Sapphira, Um, they are in the not so great things together category and um, we're doing a redemption song today and we're talking about (laughs) Elijah and Elisha who definitely did some great stuff together.
1: Yes, they did, which is why they're dynamic. a
0: good way. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yes, that's who we're talking about today. So first, let's talk about how difficult it is to keep track of these names and their stories because yes. the names are so similar. Yes. I I mean, if they were going
1: to be so closely related, like god, could you have named them something a little bit different or had a nickname or something? Like if you say them fast, you're like, who are you talking about? Um, So yeah, that is a little bit of a challenge sometimes. You have to really enunciate.
0: We, yes, exactly. And we've noticed that it's hard for people to remember who's who or to say the right name when they're talking yes, about the stories. Yes, that too. And I don't like, I think this even could happen for pastors, but I don't mean pastors. I mean like regular Bible reading folk. Yeah. It's like you're trying to relay the story and it's like, wait, was that Elijah or Elisha? Oh man, I can't remember. Which one goes first? Which? Ah. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's hard. because like if
1: you think about like, let's say Saul, right? Like, you know, there's Saul of the Old Testament who was the king and then Saul who was Paul so like even though they're the same name like you know you can differentiate those right because you're like hey Saul the king the one blah 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 or hey Saul that was paul you know blah, blah blah like these they happen together basically and they're so similar that it's like well the one from kings well they're both in kings well the one that was a prophet well they're both prophets <laughs> So I don't know. It's just kind of funny because they're, yeah, they're very closely related, both in name sounding and just during their ministry.
0: Yeah. You really do have to know more about them and their journey and their stories to be able to even explain it to someone because it would confuse them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agree. So, okay, let's get into it because we're trying, we're unconfusing us and we're unconfusing you. Yes. We want to keep them straight, at least for this podcast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> and then for after this, it's a free for all. Yeah, we we can't
1: control that anymore. We can't. <laughs> We're trying. To do, we will do our best here.
0: Um, okay, so we see the story of Elijah and Elisha in First and Second Kings. Uh, We're not going to read you all of it, but we are going to give you the basis of their relationship just for, you know, general understanding of who they were, what they did, and why they're such a dynamic duo. Yes. So the story starts in an amazing way, where after a windstorm, an earthquake, and then fire, we hear the gentle voice of God. And for this, we're going to go through uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 19, verse 11 through 13. And the Bible says, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave." There's a lot. There's a lot going on in there. Also, there's a there's a cloak involved, which feels very superhero. I'm, that's just a side note. Yes, true, true. Keep the cloak and keep the cloak in mind, and then the fact that the voice of God, with all of this stuff that's happening, um, comes as a gentle whisper, right? So fast forward to 1 Kings 19 verses 15 through 16. And the Bible says, Then the Lord told him, Go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram, then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Meholah, To replace you as my prophet. So here we see God giving Elijah the instructions to go find and anoint Elisha specifically to replace him as prophet. Um, so this is the first time we see both names in the same story and then we see where um, Elijah's instructions came from which we know came from the gentle whisper Right. and then he's sending him specifically to these people he said hey go do this and in all of those anointings then Elisha is one of them
1: yes yeah
0: so that's pretty interesting
1: how Elijah knew that he was gonna be replaced Mm -hmm. right and it was part of his duty his calling um, to go anoint, anoint him knowing that he was going to be the one that was going to be after him.
0: Yeah, it is super interesting because you don't always know. No, you don't always know, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat. Yeah. Okay, again, we fast forward and we're still in 1 Kings chapter 19, but we're in verses 19 through 21. And then we see when they first meet. So the Bible says, So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, and said to him, First, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. There is so much there. And their names are just back to back to back. And it's like, yo, even me reading it, I'm trying to enunciate it for y'all, but it's difficult. Follow along. Everyone go to your Bibles. First Kings 19, right? Just so you know
1: who we're talking about. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, just a lot going on there and just um just that leadership from Elijah, right? Like you see him going to Elisha. Um, and all the different things like he did and and then Elisha's response to what Elisha Elijah did. <laughs> like 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 it, it, it feels like not a lot was said, but like Obviously, like, actions spoke a lot um, between them. So it'd be interesting to know, like, maybe more of what their conversation was, but obviously the actions spoke a lot about um, what was happening between them.
0: Yeah, it's cool because we see um, Elijah's obedience, right, to the voice of God. And then, like you said, we see the action of Elijah putting uh, the cloak over Elisha's shoulders and... um, what we also see here is that at first glance, while we're reading it, we this doesn't make sense to us, right? Mm-hmm, like, right. Uh, is he cold? Like, why does he <laughs> need the cloak over his shoulder? Especially while he's like plowing and working and sweating. Yeah. But of course, contextually, Elisha knew what it meant. Yes. Because then we see his response to, oh, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that. Let me go. Uh. uh and then, um. So, so it's cool. It's like, there's a lot in these verses. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, Cause
1: I don't, I didn't read the context to this or the commentary, but was that something? I'm curious if that was something that was used to like express, hey, I need you to like follow me, or like this is something that an elder would do to someone younger or something like that, like traditionally, um, because it seems like Elijah, I mean Elisha, <laughs> there I am again, Elisha knew knew what this meant, right? Like he put the cloak on him, he got the cloak on him, and he's like, oh, I know what you're asking me, I. I got to do these things, but I'm coming. You know what I mean? Um, So it was just interesting um, that he knew how to respond and of course was obedient first and foremost, but um, I'm just curious if that was like something that happened um, like traditionally or during this time.
0: Yeah. What's interesting too is, um, and we don't see it here, right? So this is pure misfit speculation, but if the same way that um, God spoke to Elijah if he also spoke to elijah right you know like he sent one of them and then the other one he told hey expect this person mm-hmm. that would have been that's interesting as well
1: or if like the cloak was something that god had you know gifted to elijah um and that was kind of like hey i'm giving you this and this is what you're gonna pass on you know so that also again just something that kind of thinking about just the the act that he he did like this this was significant to him for him to do this mm-hmm. and pass it forward um, and Elijah obviously receiving that and you know being obedient yeah so anyway, just thought that was interesting so now we fast forward again to 2 Kings chapter two verses nine through eleven and Elijah is about to be taken up to heaven um, so yes, like he didn't die um, he was gonna get whisked away um, alive. And this is what the Bible says. And starting in verse nine it says, when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. Uh, you have asked a difficult thing. Elijah replied, if you see me when I am taken from you, then you will get your requests. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Um, Again, I think it's so interesting you know, we see in the, in the other um, scripture where he gives him the cloak and he does follow, you know, Elijah. But in this one, Elisha asks him like, hey, can I become your successor? And so um, I don't know if he didn't have that revelation that Elijah had. That, that's what he was about yeah, to be. That, yeah. yeah, that's mm-hmm. why you're following me. That's why I chose you. That's why I put the cloak on you. So it, it just makes, makes me see or, you know, kind of in context that he didn't tell him. Uh, but he still was obedient and followed him, not realizing that he would be the one to actually succeed him. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. So, yeah, we see this is a this is really we see this as as the basis of the relationship. Right. Like Elisha was supposed to succeed Elijah as prophet. And we see like here's where he kind of understands his mission. Right. We see that he understands he's seen what what Elijah can do. Um, and he asked for this double portion. Uh, and so Elisha was essentially uh Elijah's apprentice, um, who then literally and figuratively like picked up the mantle of the prophet, right? Like he, he like when he got whisked away, he was able to take over and and now be the prophet uh because he was called to be his successor.
0: Yeah. Another thing um that I just thought um that I wanted to say this before you moved on, because then it won't make any sense, was that um Elijah says if you see me before I am taken away from you, then you will get this. Mm-hmm. How did the homie know he was about to be taken away? Right. Like- Right, like it was it a thing where maybe God had been speaking to him throughout his life, and he's like, "Hey, when it's time for you to go, this is the way that it's going to happen." Because mm-hmm. all he said was, "Go," like he's going to replace you. But then, uh, uh, for some reason, Elijah already knows. He's like, "Oh, if it's time for me to we get replaced, then it's time for me to die." Essentially, yeah, like, that's so interesting and mind blowing because there's so many things that are unsaid, but somehow everyone knows what's what Yeah, been-
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy, and like Elisha didn't necessarily know when, probably, you know, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. Um, but it just gave me a, a thought of like, you know, when when Jesus says that he's gonna come back for us, right? Like we don't know the time mm-hmm. or the or the place or anything, but like we have to be vigilant. We have to have our oil. We have you know, we need to be prepared. And like our eyes have to be on Jesus. Yeah. Cause we don't want to miss it, right? And so Elisha had to do that. He he had to be vigilant, he had to be watching. You see like mm-hmm. I need a watch so when he gets taken I I see it and then so that's so interesting it is like we just need to keep our eyes you know on what God is calling us keep
0: our eyes on that because we because we can't we if we miss something we might miss something <laughs> yeah that's so cool
1: So continuing on uh, about the mantle reference, uh, we see this in 2 Kings 2.13. It says, Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak or mantle in some places it says, "uh, which had fallen when he was taken up. So then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River, which is basically where they had been on. So now it was like a representation or a symbolic thing that now he was gonna be the, the prophet. And we see God's word being fulfilled, right? Like he had told Elijah. Hey, he's gonna be your successor. So in this moment, we see him taking up the cloak and kind of in a symbolic way saying, like, "Okay, he's now gone. I am the successor, um, and I'm I'm now the prophet." So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, if you remember when they first when we first meet Elijah and he throws his cloak across Elisha's shoulder, that cloak was a symbol of Elijah's prophetic authority. This was like a dramatic symbol that said, "I call upon you to join." in my work as a prophet right like again like we mentioned like words weren't necessarily spoken or if they were they're not in the scripture but like elisha knew this was like hey i'm calling you uh to come and and join me in what i'm doing Mm -hmm. so elisha first placed it on elisha and now we see that elisha is picking it up and it's like let's go like you know i it's he's gone now so now i need to you know take over I've been his student. I've been his disciple this whole time. So now it's my turn uh to be obedient, right? To what God is is calling me. Yeah. You
0: know what this makes me think about? It makes me think about the when Jesus calls the disciples. Mhm. Like um like why wasn't it the same, right? Was the was the mantle more of a prophetic um garb, <laughs> you know, like a prophetic <laughs> yeah. uniform? Um, because I know that if you, if you read commentary, it says that, uh, certain prophets wore, um, like these, uh, types of, uh, I don't know, outfits that had like, I don't know, camel's hair or something. Yeah. They yeah. Would, that's why it says that John the Baptist was like hairy or something because he was wearing that type of outfit. Um, okay. so maybe, maybe it was specific to the prophet, like this type of uniform, but it just, it just made me think. It was something distinctive about Right, the- right. Right, like when they didn't even have to know you; they just see you, and they're like, "That's a prophet." Yeah. Um, similar to when you're doing, you know, you shave your head and you're covered in ashes. Everyone knows you're in mourning, right? They don't uh-huh. have to ask you. Um, but it just made me think of Jesus and Jesus calling the disciples, and uh, why it's why it's different because the the mantle over the shoulders just tells just says hey come follow me mm-hmm. which is the same thing jesus did but jesus didn't have um a mantle or a cloak or, you know, or we don't something, know yeah. the, the bible doesn't tell us that he covered them because um, that's a lot of cloaks that he had to like, carry <laughs> with him but um yeah that's what it made me think of yeah yeah again like
1: this one is like a physical cloak mantle um which again could have could have been like hey this is representative so wherever we go they know who you are And obviously in in Jesus's time here on earth, um, it was like more of a spiritual mantle, if you will. Like he called them out and he, you know, was like, hey, you're part of mine. I'm calling you uh, to come follow me.
0: That's good because the usually um, from what I've read, the robe typically um, uh, symbolizes identity right Mm -hmm. um so the longer the robe and the longer the sleeves like the richer you were and the more prestigious and all this stuff right yeah which is interesting because then like you said we see a physical representation of the identity um essentially the identity in christ and so we use physical stuff in the old testament Mm -hmm. and then once christ is here he's like i don't need a robe like i'm calling you i've this is your new identity in me right we see jesus and we know
1: we know that you're with him like exactly Oh, that's, that's good. We can also see that Elijah was a witness, right, to what Elijah was doing, what God was doing through him, um, because you know Elijah said, "Come, come with me, follow me," and so he was with him for a time, and so Elijah saw what God was doing through Elijah. And I like to me, I believe this was one of the reasons that Elijah was confident and was able to ask for this double portion because he's like, "I know God does st- stuff through you. I know God." Uh, is miraculous and um, I want that, right? And so if you're calling me to be a successor, like I want more of that because I know God can do it. Like I've seen what he can do through you. Um, so I want that and I want even more. And he had that boldness to be able to ask for it, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. And I think that, um, I think we, we should be the same i don't think one gen you know one generation um to the next like we shouldn't want you know the power of god and his miracles and everything to dwindle like every generation should just have more and more and this should be like that representation right like that should be the example that god just the the more we seek him the the more he can do through us because we're more available right right and so we shouldn't keep others that are whether it's next generation or just people who Um, are coming after us like let them think bigger dream bigger you know have bigger faith like all these things because God can do it and and I hope Mm -hmm. they're seeing it through us for them to feel that confidence to be able to ask you know So, yeah, I just think that's cool. So I think this Jew is also a great example of being obedient to God's calling. Right. Just because Elisha was called to replace Elijah, it didn't mean he would do the exact same thing. And we're going to share a couple of things that they each did. But I just think it's really cool that he wasn't trying to, like, mimic him or just do exactly what he did. Like they both had a calling and it was different. Uh, But that didn't take away from him still being like a disciple and a successor to Elijah. Right. Um, even though they did different things, like they still had a connection and both had the same thing about being obedient and, and being, you know, doing what, what God was calling them to be. So, um, some of the things that they did, like we, we know about, and again, we're not going to read the scripture to these. So I'm just kind of paraphrase or kind of do an overview. But like with Elijah, he did some like, quote unquote, bigger things, if you will. Um, so like he had to confront kings and he had to confront like Queen Jezebel. Um, he called fire down from heaven, right? Like we see this in 1 Kings 17. Uh, we also see in uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, where he, where he prays for rain after they had many years of drought and rainfalls, right? Like these are big things that affected like either the whole land or, you know, people higher up, like the kings and all that. So we see these and you're like, wow, he did like these big miracles. And then we see Elisha, who maybe had fewer big miracles, quote unquote. Um, but we know that his ministry was so much longer. He, he was able to uh, minister for 50 years versus Elijah did for 14. So even though maybe they weren't as big, like he did so much more. He did he also did twice as many miracles as, um, as Elisha did.
0: Ooh, this is good. This is good. Why? Because we know that um, uh, Elijah is a picture, uh, is a shadow of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the way that he was like taken up in the chariot and all this stuff—not yes. that Jesus was taken up in the chariot, but you know they were taken yeah. up and they—they they didn't ascended. like, um, like yeah, they ascended. Thank you. Um, but what's cool is that so there's Elijah, he did 14 years, and then Elisha served for 50 years, and then Jesus tells us, "You'll do greater miracles than I did." Yes, that's right. Because he came yeah. after him, right? He's like, "I only have three years on this earth," right? Well, yeah. 33, three, but three years of ministry. A ministry. but yeah. then he's like, Oh, you'll have so much more, and it's like this parallel. Oh man, that was great!
1: That's good, that's so true. Yeah, so again, we can see ourselves in Eli and Elisha. Mm-hmm. And and again, like I'm giving these examples, so okay, I'll talk about Elisha, like his miracles, including he was helping a, a widow collect oil, right? Um, to be able to sell so she didn't have to. Uh, sell her, So she didn't have to sell her sons because she had all this debt, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they were, you know, coming after her saying like, if you don't pay your debt, we're going to take your your children into slavery. And Elisha comes in and blesses her and she's able to, you know, collect all this oil and sell it. So she doesn't have to do that. He also fed a hundred men, similar to the multiplying, right? He multiplied a bar, a barley loaf and corn in, in a situation where there were a hundred men and, and they needed to eat. And he was like, okay, so he, you know, he conducted this, this miracle, and then another one that kind of seems, you know, small sometimes, but he helped a man recover an axe head um, in Second Kings chapter uh, 6. And this was a man that he owed money to as well, like th- this man who, who had initially lost this and so he helped him it seems small but for this man it meant the world right like it was going to be such a major thing and so this is what I mean like they feel like smaller miracles but they're really not because they impacted people in such a big way when you see these two men like Elisha is mentioned a lot more uh, and his miracles of course like maybe stand out more they seem bigger maybe more successful or something but ultimately I think uh, we see these two two men and neither were like seeking like this worldly success. That's not why they were doing it. They were being obedient, right? They were obedient to the calling of God. And so if that meant confronting kings, so be it. If that meant helping a widow with, you know, with her debt, so be it. Um, and I think that's for us to learn from. Like we're not doing it for the success or for the world to see us or for Instagram famous or whatever that is. Um I I hope that we continue to do it because we want to be obedient to God, right? And that that's what we're measuring our success, not because um, people are going to know us or we did something huge or anything like that. Um, And so I think both these men did great things. And you might say, oh, well, like Elijah did more or something. But I think they were both being measured by their obedience to God and not by their quote unquote success or how big things were. Mm -hmm. So Elijah and Elijah, Elijah, and Elisha were both uh, very regarded by, by those who were known as the school of prophets and as well as by the rulers of their country. And so their influence led to an awakening among some of the Israelites during this dark time of Israel's history. So they really helped, you know, a lot of people in during their time of, of, of ministry. So... Yeah. I just think it's mm. it's so amazing. Like you read these stories and sometimes we just kinda rush through them and we're like, Oh, it's hard to say their names. Elisha, Elijah, Elish. <laughs> but there's just oh, there's just so much here. I think we can break down a lot more of this, but um Yeah, it's it's
0: some good stuff. Yeah. Um, I think in this story, too, um, because I was reading an article about Elijah and Elisha, and it was kind of comparing their, you know, prophetic careers and the things that they did and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, it was saying how Elijah, um, from what we see in scripture, was like, you know, dealt with so many emotions from being like euphoric to potentially experiencing depression and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Elijah, Elisha seems to be more like level-headed because we don't see a lot of like a lot of mood swings in the scriptures um but i think that's cool too because it shows us um i think we see uh, elijah even though he was very successful prophet very obedient to the lord um we see a lot of his humanity right we yes. see him be afraid we see him be upset we see him if i'm not mistaken there's like one time he's asking the he's asking the lord to like kill him like he's like i'm over it
1: yeah yeah he's kind of (laughs) dramatic
0: and then it's like the angel appears and he's like yo you need to eat some bread and take a nap because you you you're you're really losing it right now um, which reminds me of Jonah, right? It just reminds me of also, Jonah yeah. being upset. And he's like, they don't even deserve to live. They're sinners. <laughs> I'm not going, you know? It's, yeah. And that's, that's such a human thing. Yeah, like we all have been there. <laughs> yeah, of not, you know, you don't think the person is like good enough or you just don't want to go or because you don't understand, you're like, well, explain a little bit more and maybe I'll go. Yeah, like, like give me more information. yeah. So um, it's awesome because we see them um, at their height and all of their success and everything that they did. But we also see the humanity and the mistakes and um, how, you know, even with um, Elijah specifically, like his mistake and he went the opposite way. And God was like, why are you here? He literally asked him, like, why are you here? (laughs) Um, He still got whisked away into heaven and like never died. Like, Mm -hmm. that's bananas.
1: And he was still able to, like, minister to someone
0: else. Like, he was still
1: able to take on a disciple, if you will, and his successor. mm mm-hmm. um, Even, you know, him not, you know, like, having all his issues, if you will. Yeah, um, right. Like, God right. still used him, he, like, yes, in miracles, but also, like, with Elisha. Like, um, so I think sometimes you can also take it, like, we see leadership sometimes. We see maybe our pastors or other people um like let's not ever expect perfection like they're going through their stuff too um and you as well like if there's someone that's coming behind you and asking for your mentorship or your advice or conversation like let's be available I think sometimes we close ourselves off because we think like nah I, I couldn't do that because i I got things to deal with like I can't be talking to somebody because uh you know I'm having a hard time with that too but like we see here like God's used Elijah, even though he was going through his stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know what? That's okay. I'm still going to use you for miracles. And I'm still going to use you to prep your successor. Um,
0: So, yeah, like God can use you even in as we're figuring it out. Yeah, you're going through something, and God is like, "That's great, go through it." Yeah. But I still need you to do this. Or exactly, I need you to talk to this person. <laughs> like, you don't have to wait till you're over it. It's no, fine, right? Work you through it. You can definitely <laughs> go through it and help somebody else at the same time, because usually that's how it works, and that's what get that's what helps you get through your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we're going through things, typically, it's because um, it's a tactic from the enemy to. Wade you. Yeah, persuade us or make us um, take our eyes off of the Lord and put them on ourselves and on our circumstances. Mm-hmm. And once we do that, then it's so easy to withdraw. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm going through something. Da-da-da-da-da. And then you just kind of just make it about yourself. And, and that's that makes it worse, to be honest yeah you know coming from two people that have been through some things <laughs> so um yeah take your take your time, but like you still um, you 're still called to help others as you 're walking through your stuff, and it 's vice versa like people are still called to help you when they 're going through their stuff or you 're going through your stuff, and it 's like we 're all just meant to be doing this this whole uh, situation together exactly. Together. Yeah. yeah but we hope that you enjoyed this episode man we had so much fun talking about elijah and elisha yeah. and trying to pronounce their names correctly so you can follow along yeah so if we still confuse you we're sorry we really tried our best <laughs> exactly it, hey for, please refer to first and second kings in your preferred bible version yeah um we read everything today from the nlt we usually say that but we didn't today so i wanted to make sure that i said that yes um i'll be the first one to be like the bible doesn't say that and then right it, i'll be like oh it's it's in the nkjv my bad my bad it does say that but yeah we hope that you enjoyed this episode we hope that you enjoyed learning about elijah and elisha we hope that you've been enjoying the dynamic duo series and again the previous one that we did is ananias and sapphira and that's a good one as well so if you haven't listened to that go back yeah So dive into these duos. (laughs) Dive into the duos, yeah. Um, Thank you so much for sticking with us, for listening, reviewing, rating, and following and whatever your chosen platform is.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: And as always, this is Fran. This is Yadi. We are the Midtown Misfits, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.